Welcome to our next podcast. Today, we're going to look at how to empower you on the major issue that is social mobility. I'm really lucky to be joined today by David Adair, Head of Community Engagement and the PwC Foundation UK. He's going to share with us his thoughts on social mobility and take a little time to tell us how he got to PwC. I'm also joined by Fran Borman, CEO and co-founder of Goal 17. Fran is going to tell us about her story with regard Goal 17 and her thoughts on social mobility. So Fran, if I can start with you, can you tell us a little bit about your story and why you're keen for others to hear about it? Yeah, sure. So I spent the last decade building businesses in the consumer market and I started a company around my children that I built to a multi-million pound turnover and a team of a thousand people all across the UK. And it became the fastest growing in its sector purely because I engaged social mobility strategies to grow my workforce. I've now taken that on and taken what I developed through mainly a mentoring culture that we sent through that organisation and started helping other companies develop that culture through my new organisation called Goal 17. So what Goal 17 does is it teaches companies how to mentor by both practical learning and theoretical learning. So we teach world-class theoretical, but in terms of practical, we actually pair our mentors, our trainee mentors up with homeless young people so they get experience of how to become an effective mentor. And that means they can take that back into the workplace with a new perspective and a new understanding of the benefits that a more, more diverse and socially mobile workforce can bring to their companies. Fantastic. And David, following on from Fran, can you tell us a little bit about how you came to take the role that you do at PwC and what are your views on the importance of social mobility? Yeah, absolutely, Susie. Well, I'm very passionate about social inclusion and social mobility and always have been since my days in the voluntary sector quite a few years ago now. Uh, but I had a theatre company that toured prisons, I ran the Old Billion Empire, the Multicultural Arts Centre, and then helped develop the Prince's Trust team programme for an inner city environment. So really giving young people access to excellence has always been something I'm passionate about. And coming to PwC, when you can actually get the young staff to share their skills and have positive role models is something we're very fortunate to be able to do. And it's funny, David, I actually, I don't know how long you've been at PwC, but in my, years. Right, <laughs> in my 33 years, you've, I always feel you've been part of it. So you've obviously made a large impression in, in what you're doing in social mobility in terms of letting the rest of the staff and, and helping us as a firm act together as a community. So, so thank well, you for I that. I think we've been innovative and things like the fire station and brigade, which is our a restaurant that train those at risk of homelessness into cooking, plug, plug, Ta tables available at breakfast, lunch and dinner. Uh, but we've had over 1,200 homeless people through that programme and then 120 in, in to work. And seeing our people engage with, with a part of the society which you wouldn't normally expect people at PwC to engage with has been really um, encouraging and very exciting. Yeah, fantastic. Um, what I love actually seeing on our... PwC one phone one days. I like seeing Kevin Kev serving behind the bar and, and trying to make drinks, which which is always quite entertaining. Um, Fran, just just thinking about social mobility, why should companies care about it? I think it's a really, really important subject and we're living in a, a very volatile economic times and one of the key or well, two key issues that are really hitting companies at the moment is firstly around in recruiting, engaging and retaining staff. So at the moment in the UK, there's an 842,000 person skills gap and the lack of staff retention cost companies 6.3 billion last year. So 
in terms of companies looking at their staff, if you want to have staff, you can't necessarily always look at the same talent pools. We're going to have to start being a bit more creative about where we find people. And really, those figures are just the tip of the iceberg. As we head into the 2020s, we're going to see unprecedented, unprecedented levels of baby boomers retiring, of Gen Y and Z coming in, who are a completely different generation in terms of what they want from the workplace and how they engage in it. So it's really important we create and start thinking about ways we create a more diverse workforce. But also on top of this, we actually have a really, really interesting commerce market that now has no geographical boundaries. So customers don't just necessarily engage with the companies that are local to them. We have a global economy. So when customers are going out there, they're looking for different things from companies. And a lot of the time, they're looking for companies that maybe are like them. So if you have only very one set of people within your organization, you're only going to attract a customer base of people like them. Whereas if you have a diverse workforce, you're much more likely to attract much more diverse customers as well. I think you're absolutely right. I think clients are demanding it too. We have to be representative of the communities in which we operate or else we're going to miss, miss out on job opportunities and, and, and work. So there's a real business benefit to having a diverse workforce. And David, what have PwC done? Because obviously, you know, the jobs at PwC seem to be ever changing. So, so what have we done to help well, I think you're absolutely right, song. Susie. I mean, technology is changing everybody's role at PwC, and we, which is great because we're attracting a much younger, the average age is 28, and a much more diverse workforce. But there's great opportunity there. We're targeting schools. We can, you can come into PwC now as a school leaver. We've got apprenticeship programmes, higher apprenticeship programmes, and digital apprenticeship programmes. So something for everyone. And we're really um, targeting groups like women in tech. So we've got Tech She Can, which will get more women into, into the firm as school leavers. But I think the misconception of the jobs at PwC is one of the things we have to get out into the market. Schools and young people don't know the jobs that are available. And we need to work with school teachers to get that message across. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm chair of governors in my spare time and I spend a lot of time talking to actually parents about it because I think the misconception is you do school, university and, and that's the way you go. But actually, certainly when I started um, thinking about university all those many years ago, there were a lot more apprenticeships we seem to have gone full circle again. And, and actually, I talk to lots of clients' children who also say, I don't want to go to university, so so what do I do? And and actually, there are, there are a lot of programmes. And, and I'm glad to say of our mix of graduates, I think last year, or, or certainly some of the years, um, 600 of the 1,400 were not were school leavers. Yeah. And I think you have to be brave. You know, we've opened an office in Bradford. You need to go out to attract the type of workers that we want. So by going out to Bradford, opening an office where we've got 65 school leavers recruited and more to come uh, from a very diverse workforce uh, who are great role models that can then go back out to schools. And when people see people like themselves, they can think, well, I too could work there. No, absolutely. We're all, we're making it sound quite rosy, actually, in terms of the world has um, engaged social mobility. Do you both think that? Well, no, we, we don't have the data. It, you know, it is um, like all other attributes. It's probably the worst to measure um, or the most difficult to measure. Uh, we need more people to come out as having a social mobility background. We do our best here. We've got leadership. Uh, Kevin Ellis, uh, Laura Hinton, our people, um, chief officer, has said she's from a social mobility background. So it's 
encouraged others to come and tell their story and that's what we need. Mm -hmm. I think as well, I mean, we, we feel, it feels like we're making progress, but actually some of the data that is around this, so for example, the Social Mobility Commission released a report at the end of April this year to say that actually social mobility has been stagnant in the UK since 2014. So whilst there seems to be a much more better intent and, and the great things that you guys are doing here, there is progress, but it's not quite hitting the mark yet. So there's definitely still a road to travel. My belief on this is that we're doing some great work recruiting people from different diverse backgrounds. But the challenges we still face is changing internal mindsets so that those people don't just get a job, they then progress through the company or they don't just get a college place, they then progress into the workplace. And once they're there, they can then progress through the company. And that's where I think there's, there is some real work that we all need to do to make sure that we create more mobility, not just at the bottom end, but all the way through organisations. Yeah, and I think businesses have historically expected people to come to them and I think we need to do a whole lot more outreach into the opportunity areas, you know, Bradford, Blackpool, the coastal towns, because these are the places that are really suffering and, and that need to know that there are jobs available for them. Yeah, and actually picking up on that point, David, I have a, I work with a business that predominantly works in community towns where poverty is, is highest and actually what they've started to do, as well as employing a lot of them, is create sort of training academies to help them get a management degree or some sort of management so that they will be better um, equipped to do another job and or move up the organisation. Yeah, and I think one of the big challenges for businesses is to scale up what they're doing because there are so many schools out there, so many young people. Um, so we're changing from work experience to insight days where we can bring larger numbers of school students in, see the world of work and things like that are really going to have an impact. And, and what can we do, either of you, in terms of supporting um, employers with their existing employees, you know, within within their organisations, what more do we need to do? Well, I think Fran touched yeah, on so it. Yeah, so I think um, for, for me, um, I see a very clear journey path on this because it involves changing the mindsets of existing employees because whether we like it or not, as much as we want to do the right thing, we naturally have an unconscious bias. And it's very, very easy when we're in our workplace and we're busy with our day job to just work with people that are like us, to promote people that are like us. Even with the best intention in the world, it's, it's very, very easy to end up in that space. And so what we need to do is start really shifting the internal perspectives towards social mobility, changing people's hearts and minds towards actually how can every single person in an organisation be part of the social mobility agenda and make sure that it progresses. Now, in my view, and what I go into companies and show them to do through Goal 17, is to develop a really strong mentoring culture and, and an organic mentoring culture that just becomes an extension. So every single person in that organisation becomes an extension of the HR department, becomes an extension of their social mobility initiatives and everybody then is helping each other raise each other up through the organisation and when you do that through practical terms by giving people experiences of experiencing what a diverse workforce can feel and look like they are then much more encouraged and much more excited about that because they actually have seen it and seen the benefits. Yeah, and we're very lucky to have some very positive role models from the social mobility background at PwC, but we need to get them out there. We need young people to see other young people that look like them, that are from similar backgrounds, so they think, wow, I could work here too. No, fantastic. And Fran, you sort of touched on before about some of the businesses that you work with to help them 
create change. Can you can you give us a sort of case study of, of where you feel you've had the greatest impact that's had, then had an impact on the social mobility? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Well, yes, Susie, there are quite a few, I and mean, we have loads of we have loads of wonderful stories. But I'll share share one with you. We worked with a large construction company. One of their heads of IT, a lovely lady, came on our program. Social mobility had not been on her agenda at all. And interesting enough, she'd actually come from quite a disadvantaged background, but didn't personally engage that with her working story. She just sort of fallen into the fact that she was head of IT and, and moved on. And then what happened was after coming on our program and working with some of our young people, it completely shifted her perspective. And she A, felt empowered and able to mentor and to support others, but also had just a completely different perspective of how much value working with people that are different from her could bring to her and her work. So she then went and looked at her team, which was generally quite a young team. They were a tech team, so their average age was quite young, and she had a reasonably high staff turnover. And she looked at them completely differently and identified some of them that were from maybe less privileged backgrounds, but had huge amount of potential that she'd never spotted. And on her own back, went out and secured 125,000 pounds worth of apprenticeship funding and got all of those young people four-year apprenticeships, which means now not only are they going to have a qualification? They are so much more committed to that company. And they also have a road to go on now. They have a track to move them up through the organisation so that they won't always just be there on the IT help desk. They've actually got a journey path to get them through the organisation. And she's got a much better, more engaged, better functioning team, less staff turnover. Fantastic. Inspirational. And David, just on that, what further changes are needed within business to create a larger focus on social mobility? Well, we need more people to come out, as I've said before, yep. to say that I, this is my background and be proud of it so that young people coming through can say, wow, you know, there are people that have been promoted that are in uh, positions of power that, that came from a, a similar background to me. Um, and I think the other way is, as I've said, targeting people, uh, targeting areas that we need to recruit from because people won't come to us. Fantastic. Gosh, that draws us to the close of another podcast. Um, but just before we finish, can I have ask you one last question each? What one tip would you give to someone who wants to make a difference in social mobility? Well, be tenacious, hang in there. Look where we were with gender and ethnicity years ago. Social mobility is the next uh, one that needs to crack through and, and we'll get there. And I would say believe how important it is to your business and without it, your business potentially is going to struggle in the future. So make sure you commit to it and don't just look at the bottom and the recruitment. Look all the way through your organisation, how you can thread it all the way through. So fun. it's thinking about that impact on business and the longevity of your business over time. Absolutely. To create a sustainable business, you are going to have to think differently about how you manage your people. The statistics show it. If you're not thinking that already as an organisation, you're going to struggle in the future because you just won't have the best talent. And, and that's going to be the differentiator with technology and everything else. That's going to be the differentiating factor between the companies that grow and the companies that stagnate, in my view, of course. Yeah, <laughs> and where you recruit them from. Absolutely. Thank you. That draws us to the close of another episode of How to Empower. It's been really great conversation. I'd like to thank Fran and David um, for your time and for your work, Pearls of Wisdom. Thank you to the listeners for listening to us again. And please don't forget to subscribe in order you can keep up to date with our future episodes. Mm -hmm.